Welcome to the Inspiring Educators Podcast, a space where you can let go, learn, laugh, and be inspired. Let's first begin with our introductions of our inspiring educators. Inspire educators, introduce yourselves. Hi, everybody. It's Lila, the educator motivator, coming to you from Los Angeles, California. You can find me on all social media platforms at Miss Lila Noor. That's at M S L A I L A N U R. I am currently a mastery learning and grading specialist for the Los Angeles Unified School District. And I'm a grad student, again, for some reason. Um, When we engage in this podcast and we bring this to you, we like to really start with what we're grateful for to, to get us centered. Everybody needs to get centered sometimes. And we start with this piece of gratefulness. And for this episode, I am grateful for being able to slow down. I've been moving and just even the thought of just feeling like I have to move all the time and have to be doing something. I'm just thoroughly grateful for not only the capacity or the flexibility to slow down, but the thought process that goes behind being okay and comfortable with stillness and slowness, (laughs) if that's a word. I feel you. What up, Lila? What's up, good people? Coach Jay, Jadrian Grimes, coming to you live from ATL, Atlanta, Georgia. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Jadrian Grimes, at J-A-D-R-I-E-N-G-R-I-M-E-S. Worked a couple of years in the incredible field of education, and now I am community and civic engagement manager for Hands On Atlanta here in Metro Atlanta. What I am grateful for today are both of my parents being alive, being as well as they are. Literally over the past four weeks, three of my best friends in the entire world has lost a parent, two moms and a dad. Um, And if you've ever experienced that, you know what that's like, especially if you were close to your parents. So I'm just grateful for my parents. It's God's will. My mother will be 68 on this Friday. My dad turned 74 at the end of May. So I'm just so grateful for them. When parents tell you that they're proud of you, it just hits different than anyone else. So if you know what that feels like, then you know. So I'm grateful for my parents today. Good stuff. Good stuff. It's your boy, Dr. Crystal J. Childs, the academic rock star, your favorite teacher, favorite teacher. You can find me on all social media platforms at DRK Childs, at DRK Childs. Let me spell it out D. R-K-C-H-I-L-D-S. Just give some accommodations out there for my folks so nobody can say, D-R, doctor, what is it? D-R-K, child. I'm a math educator. I do a lot of cool things in math education. Every now and then I say what I actually do. But every time I say what I actually do, someone tattletales on me about what I said on some podcast that we do. So guess what? I'm a math educator, not representing anybody. So you can't go tell anybody what Dr. Child said. What is bringing me joy? Oh, a lot of things are bringing me joy right now in this space and time that we're living in. What is bringing me joy? You heard me say it on earlier in the season. Life is bringing me joy. There's a lot of things happening in the world right now, and it makes you just appreciate and value life in itself. And I encourage all of our listeners, take a moment today and just appreciate the life that you have, regardless if it's going well, regardless if it's going bad. Just take a moment and appreciate it. Life is precious. So life itself is bringing me joy right now. As you all know, as we come with season four, season four is rocking and rolling. You all have been rocking and rolling with us. Make sure you tell a friend to tell a friend to check out the Inspiring Educators podcast. 
on episode five. We're on episode five, y'all. This season is rocking and rolling. We have an extremely hot topic. If you're listening to the show right now in real time, it is that time of the year where folks are like, man, am I still doing this job called education? Am I still in this classroom? Am I still being an administrator? You're reconsidering. You're thinking about life in itself. And just for those listeners, we're at this time of the year, if you listen to it in real time, we're at a time of the year where we're going into the holiday seasons, uh, the period in November, then the period in December. And educators always start reconsidering things and thinking about it. Thus, we have a timely topic, advancement opportunities for teachers. And we're starting with the classroom teacher. And I know we focus on educators as a whole, but we want to start that classroom piece because that's the bulk of our audience. But we're also going to hit on some other areas, just thinking about what are some advancement opportunities? And I'm going to change it in real time. What are some advancement opportunities for educators? We'll keep it general. We'll just keep it general, y'all. We'll just throw it in there. We'll keep it general for the people. We're accustomed to hearing professionals talk about climbing the ladder as they progress through different levels of advancement in the industry. But as an educator, it can seem like your career trajectory isn't as clear. While you may love working with students in your educational environment, it is possible to have a desire to branch out and expand beyond the expertise you've already gained. And that may really equate to a total change in what you're doing in education. But we want to talk about it. All of us on this podcast, we have some varied career experiences. I possibly could say we're non-traditional educators in the routes that we've taken. So we're going to give you a different view. And then some folks have more traditional routes. You in the comment section, jump in and just reply to us and let us know, well, I thought about it this way. That is perfectly fine when it comes to this podcast. But when it comes to education, I'm going to throw it to my co-host. What are some things as far as advancement opportunities for educators that come to mind for you? Off top, I when I think about the next piece or the next step for educators, you often see teachers moving into coaching roles that typically, you know, or what I see a lot of ends up being that, um, as well as coordinator roles. There's a lot of options when it comes to being, you know, a coordinator in a variety of fields. And I typically see those two. I myself also went that route and became a coach after I left the classroom. <laughs> Unbeknownst to me, I, I knew I was leaving the classroom. And it's for one reason or for a lot of different reasons. I truly do miss it all the time. However, I knew it was a move that I had to make. And before I even knew that I was going to be a coach, I knew that I wasn't going to be in the classroom the next year. But the coaching opportunity presented itself. And that's what I've done. And I kind of still do. It just looks different. My coaching role has evolved a little bit. I could dig that. And Chris kind of hit on something earlier. So kind of non-traditional educators, right? And I think if it's anybody speaking on being a non-traditional educator in this room, you know, that would be me. I mean, I worked 13 and a half years in banking and switched a career to education, right? Because of purpose, because of assignment. That's where I was supposed to be. That's what I was supposed to be doing. I understood holistically that I had developed and honed a skill set over time that worked in education. Um, outside of the mentoring and the inspiring piece is I was able to do what I was doing in banking, essentially, from an operational standpoint, from a business standpoint, in a school. And honestly speaking, I didn't even know an opportunity like that existed for someone like me 
until it found me. Hence, found me. I didn't find it. It goes back to purpose. It goes back to assignment for me, which I can peel that onion back a million times. Y'all know how I feel about assignment and purpose. But um, find your space. What is it that you're great at? What are you tied to? You know, what are you gifted at? Is that becoming an AP? Is that becoming a superintendent? Is that becoming a coach? To Lila's point, is that becoming a district leader? Is that staying a teacher for 15 or 20 years and staying in the classroom because you are that impactful at that organization? So find what your niche is and what your gifts are tied to. And ultimately, you'll have the career not only that you deserve, but the career that you're supposed to be in. I think that's impactful as we oftentimes when we get in this whole discussion is about advancement opportunities. Some folks love the classroom. And I think we need to find ways. How do you cultivate and advance within your classroom setting? Because I still feel as though even if you're a classroom teacher, you need to be learning. You need to be growing. What are some new strategies? What are some new things you can do? Because we don't want this to be a stale feel. And it goes back to, as Jadron pointed out and Lila's pointed out, what is your purpose for first getting into education? Before we can talk about any career trajectories, advancement, I want you to actually pause the podcast and write down on a piece of paper, why are you an educator? Not only why did you become an educator, bring it present day. Why are you an educator? I want you to pause the podcast and give yourself some time, opportunity, just reflect why. There's a lot of different things you can do in this world. The sky is the limit right now, especially with technology as far as career opportunities and things you can do. But why be an educator? So pause this podcast. Then when we come back, we're going to talk about the different places you can work in education. So pause the podcast right now. All right. So you pause the podcast. You came back. You like how we did that for you all. You've written down. Why being educated? It's important that you write it down because then it becomes visualization, thinking about planning and manifesting what you believe in. Now that you've written down why being educated, I'm going to toss it to my colleagues since all of us have had varied experience. That's our experience a little bit later. If you had a choice or what are your thoughts on being a classroom educator, an administrative educator, or outside of the traditional K-12 setting, and being an educator, like in the business world, the nonprofit world. So what are just some thoughts? I've had the opportunity, ironically, to work in all of these different areas. So I get my opinion. But what are just some of your thoughts with the different areas of education that some folks may not even know? Wait, you can do that as an educator? Yeah, I mean, it's rough because I don't know about the business piece. But every time I'm presented with something that could pivot my trajectory, I go to my mentors and this is part of the process of knowing how to get to that next step within your career or, you know, taking that advancement. I, I go and I talk to my mentors and I text Chris, or I'll text Robert, or I'll text whomever and say, hey, like, here's this opportunity. I don't know what to do. This is what I'm thinking about. And I'll say, for instance, Chris, his first response is always, is it going to help you get closer to your goals? Is it going to help you get closer to what you really and truly want to do? And I know for me personally, I still don't know where I want to end up. Um, and that may be true for a lot of people, right? But I think you have to surround yourself with people that are going to help you figure that out. I'm a person that I could say five years from now, 
I could be back in the classroom. I could still be doing exactly what I'm doing, or I could be somewhere in the business. I have no idea because that's how open I am to it. And that's where I know that I'm still trying to figure it out. So ultimately, I think when you surround yourself with other people that continue to support you in in seeing your skills and what you bring to education and continue to put you in spaces and places that allow you to hone in on those skills and to develop them and have them evolve, it really helps you figure out what that path is. Like you'll come to a fork in the road and say, that one just feels a little more right. Or that one, I feel like I could get, I know how to navigate that path, right? Or that one looks more shiny, (laughs) whatever it is, I know which path I can go down. Yeah, I think you hit on. And even to Chris's point earlier, I guess for me, I could speak to, you know, I never had the opportunity to teach, I guess, if you will, or be a formal teacher in the classroom. Yeah, I was able to create, you know, different clubs on mentorship and doing different things. So I guess essentially that was my way of being a teacher, being able to teach stuff that I knew to elementary school students who possibly would never be exposed to some of those things. But having an opportunity to, you know, be head of business operations at a charter school and knowing um, essentially like it clicked one day, like there's business in everything. And education is a business just like everything else. Even though it's not for profit and it's nonprofit, you still have to have folks with, you know, high integrity and grit. And even more importantly for me, showing other African-American males that, you know, this could happen. We're the anomaly in this field of education, if you will. We're definitely on the lower end of percentages of working in this field, but showing them, yeah, you could take this route with the gifts, with the assignment that you have in you, with the skill set that you've been able to hone and develop over time. You can do this and it can fit in the educational realm and you'll be able to move wherever and however you want to move, depending on how intentional you are personally about your assignment and what you want to do from a career standpoint and going forward. So I'll speak from that perspective. I love the administrative piece, but that teaching piece, just having that opportunity to the point we made earlier, some folks are just gifted to teach. And ultimately, listeners, you know what it boils down to? How many folks are you impacting? How many young people are you impacting? How many of your colleagues are you impacting positively on the right side of the spectrum? How are you moving the needle on that end? So as we talk about career trajectories and moving, I think the number one thing we need to talk about is impact. That should be one of the top priorities and why you're working in education and why you're doing your job successfully every day. I M P A C T impact. A <laughs> little webby, little bootsy coming to the podcast, but In my career, as I think about those pieces, I think impact is very important. I've had the opportunity, and I'm just jotting out a couple things that I've done in my career. I've been a high school teacher. I've been a project manager at a research one university. I've been a college assistant professor, a curriculum development national specialist for -for for-profit, and then working in senior leadership teams and nonprofits. I've had the gamut of experiences, and then I work a lot in consulting, work with administrators, state leaders, district leaders national leaders. And one thing I could say, piggybacking on what Jay stated, impact is key. But also, a lot of times folks feel as though once you go higher, you're in so much more power, you can do so many more things. 
I wrote down something called a little statement. The higher you go, the less you know. The higher you go, the less you know. And I actually wrote this down before Jay started speaking. And what I mean by like, most people think when you're higher, you got all the answers, you know everything. I work with some of the brightest minds in the business, some of the brightest minds in education, and we have questions. They have questions. So it gets you, as you're in these rooms, you realize no one has all the answers, but collectively we can make a difference. But then when I think about this whole piece, the higher you go, the less you know, I think about impact. And I think about the less you know, because you really don't know what your impact is. When I was in my classroom, I knew day-to-day how it was impacting students, impacting families. As I moved further from that environment, I knew I was doing good things or I assumed, but I really did not know because I wasn't there in the, I hate the trenches, but I like to say with the people, proximity to my students, my families, my I call them my kids. Also, the higher you go, the less you know in regards to just knowledge. Going back to that first example, thinking about there's so many things as you move up the ladder, you have to figure out and learn. They, they do not teach you in school. It is on-the-job training with a lot of positions outside of the classroom. And your knowledge base, contrary to popular belief, is kind of limited because you're trying to learn and process too many things. And then also, the higher you go, the less you know. It's because you're trying to figure out what is the next thing, what is happening. You're constantly trying to figure out those pieces as you go along the way. And how do you process it? How do you figure out when you're in those leadership positions? But going back to Jay's point of impact, thinking about why do you want to advance? That's going to be key. And it has to go beyond just climbing for income. And ultimately, the pandemic has not taught us anything. It's all about balance. And are you doing what you love? What makes you happy? Or are you just doing things for the sake of money or just doing it? You are spending your life being an educator. Make it valuable. Now, I do want to leave you with some specific things because we titled this Advancement Opportunities. What are some things you can do? You can be a specialist. And specialists can vary from content area specialists or to a generalist type specialist within your field. Obviously, you can do consulting. A lot of folks hear about different consultants. And I'm going to tell a joke. I'm going to be serious and tell a joke, but it's going to be truthful. Folks like Chris, what makes someone a consultant? They put the name, they put consultant in front of their name. That literally makes you a consultant. So it's no secret to like that part of it, but it's how do you cultivate your craft and become a very good consultant? So there's some people that are just consultants. Then there's some great consultants. And when I was teaching, most of the career fields I only knew about was classroom teacher. And I knew I could be a principal. I knew I could work at a district. That was about it. And then we know about superintendents. But also thinking outside of that, they're curriculum developers. And those are the folks that create textbooks, that create the lesson plans that you use. Think about every educational material in your classroom. Someone created that from the books to the pictures on the wall. Someone even designed the school. Think about all of the materials that you use, the technology that you use. Right now, you're listening to this through some device. Someone created these things. A lot of times it happens within education. They may do some modifications to make it for the device, but all of these things are being created at some point. All of those are some type of career opportunities. What I would challenge folks to do, literally type in Google, Google University, teacher jobs, education jobs, math jobs, and just see what pops up. And you will be surprised the things we saw at the career fair were like one, two, three different jobs. And there are a multitude of jobs. I was on a call today with the entity that creates curriculum materials. And he listed out within this organization about a hundred different things that they do. 
broad base, they create curriculum. But when he listed all the different opportunities, and now I'm trying to, from a business lens, like how do we partner with this award? But then I was thinking from a practical lens, there's so many jobs on this chart that they do, no one will ever know about. No one will ever know they're education-based jobs. They literally read through the material and check for grammar errors. For you math listeners, there are folks that literally go through and check, are the problems correct? There are folks that create leadership guidebooks. There are folks that create just the directions that go on the page. There are folks that manage those folks. Think about that. There are also managers within this space. There are people that do sales in the environment. There are folks that help with interventions. All of these jobs exist, but a lot of times we don't get exposed to them. So I want you all to take that time to think about what's out there. But then, as I like to leave you with specific strategies, how are you preparing yourself for career advancement? Are you reading? Are you networking? Are you connecting with others? Are you just in a silo? The folks that get the opportunities, they're reading books, they're networking with others, and they're a constant student. What I call this is education of the game. They're constantly learning of how they can get better. And they're not afraid to ask people, hey, I don't know. Can you teach me or can you point me in the right direction? I get a lot of people on calls. They just flat out, hey, I want to do what you do. I'm like, okay, it's a lot more to it. But they're at least saying, hey, putting their stuff out there. Then I tell them some tips and strategies. So, Jay, Lila, what are some tips and strategies you would give to folks as they're thinking about advancing within the field of education as we wrap up? You kind of hit on it. Take responsibility for your career. Be intentional about the moves you make. Base them off of impact. But again, more importantly, to Chris's point at the end, take responsibility. You are the sole owner of your career. Take responsibility for your career. Be intentional about the moves that you want to make. Be strategic about them, and it'll happen for you. Know your why. Continue to think about how you're going to impact education. You know, it's driven by your purpose. And continue to surround yourself with people that see who you are. They see what you bring to education. They hear you. They hear your voice. I'll say this. One of the co-president of NCTM once walked by me at CMC, the California Math Council uh, meeting. And was just like, hey, Lila, I uh, said that I put your name up to be on a committee. And I was like, what? Me? <laughs> and I was very candid. And I said, no, um, I don't know any of the jargon. I don't read the books. I've never read the articles. I don't sign up for the things. I'm not a part of the me. I don't know anything about anything. So it doesn't matter. I've heard your voice and it's a voice we want at the table. It's a voice we want in the room. And you have people around you that hear you. They see the work that you do and they know where you're going to fit in. And not to say that fitting in is the goal, but they see where, you know, when a piece goes missing somewhere, they have you to think of. And they say, this person is going to be able to fill that spot right there. That's what you know, networking isn't just about how do I immediately get in to the job right now, or how do I do what that person is doing right now? It's about having more people see you and hear you and for you to see and hear them because you never know when you're going to need somebody too, right? As we wrap up this particular one, just think about what are you going to do to move forward? 
And when I say move forward, it's not just out of your role into another role, but what are you doing to learn? What are you doing to grow? What are you doing to get better? As an educator, you all know, I take this to heart. Like, I love this field. If I could go back and do it again, I would go back and do this again. I would go even 10 times harder because I actually love what I do. Some days it's frustrating as heck, but I truly love what I do. But I'm also, as you all know me in the field, I list a lot of things I've done in a short career. I love ambitions. Like I keep pushing the limits in the envelope, but that's my thing. But what is your thing? What do you want to do within the field? And as you think about what do you want to do within the field, we're going to leave you with 60 seconds of inspiration by none other than Jadrian Grind. Thank you, bro. Y'all actually helped set me up. Listeners, listen. Lila said it. Chris said it. I think I hit on it a little bit in so many words. Your network increases your net worth. That's a mantra that I live by. Your network increases your net worth. So when we think about net worth, oftentimes in banking and in finance, that's asset minus liabilities. And that's how you get your net worth. But I'm just not talking about financially. I'm talking about emotionally, spiritually, from a career standpoint. You cannot fly like an eagle running with turkeys. It just doesn't happen. How intentional are you going to be about your career? Who's in your network? Is it superintendents? Is it teachers? Is it APs? Is it the nagging teachers that complain all the time? Is it the person over here that's always negative? Or do you have positive people? Who do you have mentoring you? Who do you have pouring into you? What are you reading on a daily, weekly, monthly, or yearly basis? What are you feeding your mind? What are you feeding your spirit? What are you feeding your soul? Ultimately, that will dictate where you wind up from a career standpoint. Mark Twain said, two of the greatest days in your life is when you're born, A, and the other time when you find out why you were born. If you're in education, your purpose to be there. Don't take it lightly. I mentioned the term impact earlier. Ultimately, that's what it should be about. Impacting the student base, making sure they're successful going forward in their lives, and also impacting your colleagues. And once you get to where you're supposed to get to, I like to say this, if you ever see a turtle on top of a fence post, that turtle didn't get there by themselves. Don't forget the people that helped you out along the way. Network with the right people. Be intentional about your career because it's yours. Write your name down and circle it. That's who's responsible for your career. That's you. And don't ever forget the people that help you get there. This has been Inspired Educators Podcast. Continue to tune in. Continue to like, share, subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend. We bring it every single episode. Why do you want to be an educator? We out.